today and my my chair is like oh, it's real leather but my my legs are fully sticking to it so. oh i we have the exact same thing it's been really hot this week <laughs> we've had it's it, we've had summer in england this wow week. It, it was um it was one week it was like 32 degrees every day what which is, is like let's see like like 890 80, 90, 89 like degrees yeah it was pretty hot then for you wow yeah it's really hot i'm fine yeah. i love it yeah. i love it when it's warm but everybody is complaining because we just can't cope with it here yeah like we don't have any air con and like nothing nothing is adapted for that kind of heat yeah. so for the one week that we get it in a year it's um it's pretty tough i've had a great time because i've just been like sat outside cafes in the sun writing yeah oh, that um, nice. which has been great and i just i feel like there's something about the sun that means it's okay to drink at any time definitely so yeah, yeah. I, I do think so summer pretty- is for that where you're like but it doesn't count if it's like a white wine spritzer that's, no exactly that's for any yeah. time in the summer it really is yeah. so that's been nice but um yeah my legs are also sticking to mine <laughs> fake leather yeah, just like, oh, just like cool sticking and sliding it's so great you're gonna hear it peel off in the zoom recording yeah. <laughs> um, um how are your how are your dudes dealing in the heat they're they're good they crumb doesn't love the heat but he's fine um last night we we had another epiphany so crumb's favorite food are french fries or Yes. Um, you have French fries there too, but no, we have French fries. Yeah, yeah I would. We we call them that too. Yeah, because you also say crisps for chips. No, we say and chips. Then chips for no. that's the one that's different. Yeah, we French fry fries are also chips. Yes, but they're the they're the chunky ones. Yes, you know. Just, yeah. Whereas, like, I would I would say fries for a skinny. Okay, yeah, for a skinny great. one. Great. Yeah. Okay, so we it was yeah, French yeah. fries, and it is specifically French mm. fries that Crumb loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, and sure, since sure. he was a puppy, is there a particular like? Is there is it like McDonald's French fries or is it just general French fries? I think it's general. I'm trying to think of like in general, it is kind of that McDonald's style though. I would say like the skinnier, so good. They're yeah, really good. Like so salty, so salty. And, like, cooked in fat. <laughs> really like, bad delicious. for dogs. Um, but <laughs> but so like since he was a puppy, like the first time I ever got him to do his little dance trick was for a french fry mm, like it amazing. is the easiest way to get him to learn a, tr- a thing because he's like okay i'll do i'll do anything um <laughs> and last night we had some friends over to like play board games and someone had brought french fries back with them and i for i didn't think about it and then of course crumb like the, we walk in the door and crumb is like uh, I, smell I, them. Smell I smell them, them. <laughs> i smell them and he was so active with his buttons trying to communicate that he wanted the french fries that i was like it really is a good way to get him to learn things what was he touching he was doing he was going alexis no i love you food like trying to get me to stop what i was doing and give me french fries give him french fries yeah yeah yeah. because i love you food is a treat i love you food is like like his favorite treat and then like trying just getting like alexis no or he'd be like alexis yes like trying to just different combos of like trying to get your attention yes and just trying them out and being like which one is the french fry button i don't i don't have one of those (laughs) buttons but they're up there i smell them did he get one did you i gave him one Oh. I did eventually. I caved. I was like trying to be like. He tried. So he was being so communicative. I he know. was really using his words. He's really trying. <laughs> and like, you see, like, he was on like the 
his paws were up on the counter where the french fries were and he was like sniffing up in the air um and he would just like make little so noises cute. like he wouldn't bark but he would just be like <laughs> and it was very much like i know bud i you're gonna be okay that's so just like whimpering yes. with desire yes. like please <laughs> please <laughs> you know what i get it though i get that way over french fries as well yeah. like nothing i will make that noise when i order like a takeaway at mcdonald's <laughs> and then they and then they don't come with the french fries like they leave them out by mistake oh devastating yeah. so i do understand where he's coming from yeah for sure how do you um how do you keep your cats cool because they Persephone is a hot is a hot girl they i mean we have wood floor and i think they tend to yeah, just lay cool. on that and sprawl when it gets hot in our house we do have central ac for when it gets super super hot we try not to use it because it's really expensive though so they they don't seem to struggle with it too much. I feel like this house... Okay, so we have two floors, basically. It makes mm. it sound much fancier than it is, but it's just, like, separated into two floors. And the downstairs is a lot cooler than the upstairs. So they tend to, mm. tend to just stay down there when it's really hot and, like, yeah. sprawl on the cold floor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're L.A. cats. They know what they're... Yeah. They're used to it. Yeah. And even Maude is That's originally from Arizona, so she's, like, super used to it. I think this is, like, a colder house for her. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah, Percy's been been warm. I mean, to be fair, it's not too bad. I think she's a Bengal, like, compared to some mm. of my friends' cats. She does seem to be... She's like me. She's like... I'm not used to it, but I'm adapted for it. Yes. Like, that's... Yeah. Um... I'm just trying to keep her hydrated. She's such a bad water drinker. I cannot get her to drink ever. It's, I've tried everything. Um, I've tried like, she'll like play with water, but she just won't drink it. It's so weird. annoying. It's really weird. I mean, honestly, same. I yeah, I constantly well, I'm, dehydrated. I'm really trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to be one of those people that drinks water because Michael is getting so sick of me getting to five o'clock and being like, I have a headache. And he's like, well, what have you had to drink today? I'm like a coffee, a Diet Coke and a glass of wine. What are you talking about? Yeah. Why would that give me a headache? But I have the drinks. <laughs> That's liquid, right? Yeah. I'm literally drinking a LaCroix right now, which is just like sparkling water. And those have been... That's the closest I get to like really drinking a lot of water, which is so bad. But yeah. like, at least if it's sparkling water, I can like, it's fun enough it that my brain fun. wants no, to do I, it. I totally get you. Yeah. I just had up a glass of wine. That's why I like just started laughing. But in fairness, it's like nearly eight p.m. here. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah it's not like almost I noon here, so yet. I can't quite. We did that for our our drunk book rant, and it was a weird yeah. day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was <laughs> having an, like a Negroni at eleven a.m. was kind of wild. <laughs> That's so much fun! I can't wait to be free of this deadline so that I can have a Negroni at eleven a.m. <laughs> That's like absolutely what I'm gonna do. I'm you know, I feel like a lot of writers care. do do that, but yeah, no, it's true. I do, I do definitely start drinking only when I'm in deadline. I don't have a problem, but when I'm in a deadline situation. And I'm by myself. I do absolutely start drinking earlier than it is advisable to. Yeah. But only only, only then. Crunch time. Um, At that point, I think your yeah. brain is just looking for any sort of like release of like, please just let me have fun in some way. Yeah, like, it really is. Yeah. I also sometimes think that like when I have a bit of a block, a glass of wine helps because it just sort of, I stop getting in my yeah. own way when yeah. I've had a glass of wine. Yeah. You know? It's like, um, uh, I feel like a glass of wine or also like taking a shower 
Yeah. You know, the thing where you're like, if you so stop good. trying and you can just go in the shower and just like forget what you were doing and you don't have your phone to yeah, distract you. For sure. Actually, then in the shower, I always get ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I write my ideas in the fog on the glass so I don't forget them. <laughs> yes. So I can go back and remember them afterwards because I will just forget the idea after. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. worst feeling is like when you know you had it and you're like trying to remember and you're trying to write it down. You're like, no, there was something else and it's yeah, gone. It's so annoying. <sighs> it's so annoying. Do you think, I bet um, someone has made like some sort of like shower friendly dry erase board or something. Oh my god, that's so true. They mu- there must right? be that somewhere. I'm gonna look into it. That or, would be so Or helpful. we need to patent that immediately. Yeah, I'm gonna look into it. And if they haven't, then we're gonna release it as much. Yes. <laughs> that's our new merch. People have invented all kinds of things, so I'd be surprised. Oh my god, this week I bought um catnip bubbles. What? You, have you seen these? So like you know like bubbles for kids, like when you put the little sticky thing in and you blow and they're bubbles. Yes. It's that, but there's catnip in it. And Percy, like, does not know what to do. She doesn't know if she's coming or going. She doesn't know if she likes it, if she's terrified. Like, when the bubbles are surging towards her, she runs, like, high hell. And then as they're popping, she runs back. Like, wait, what? Where where do they go? And then she's, like, rolling in the floor where they popped because it's just, like, catnip smell. It's so funny to watch. I would really recommend. Wow, that's so fun. Yeah, I have to find those. Also, just check so they good. do have dry erase boards for the shower. So, okay, well, I will buy one. I'll buy one, and we won't release it as merch. Sigh. <sighs> that was our big break. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna talk about what we're doing today. Yeah, great. So Alexa's messaged me and was like, "I've realized that most of my favorite poems have animals in them," and I was like excellent let's talk about that um because there are some i also have favorite poems with animals in um i don't know what yours are and you don't know what mine are Mm. so it's gonna be funny to see if we have any of the same yeah um but so that that's what we're going to be doing today and then we have a ready put go don't we yes from amanda amazing yeah let's get into it yeah do you want to do a poem share your poem first do you, want to, do you want to tell me all three of them so we can see if we have any in common and then yeah. do, a, do a, like a oh, yeah, close okay. analysis? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So my three are The Elf and the Dormouse by Oliver Herford, um, cool. Two-Headed Calf by Laura Gilpin, and Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. Oh my God. Okay. None, none in okay. common, great. which is great. great. Um, oh, I'm interested in these. Um, I've not heard. I've heard Two-Headed Calf. I haven't mm-hmm. heard the others i don't think so that's cool mine are the blackbird of glanmore by seamus heaney um the scholar and his cat hangabar ban which is an old irish poem translated into english by robin flower two irish poems here actually michael will be really proud and then (laughs) and then caged bird by maya angelou oh yeah that's a great poem because i close it um Okay, talk. What? Talk, what's the first one? Did you say the okay. elf and the dormouse? Yes, the elf and the dormouse is a poem I've loved like my whole life. Basically, I f- first read it. My mom had like this old little book of poems that, like, I don't think anyone had ever read. It was just one of those like kind of decorative books that sat around the house, and it's one of the first poems in it. And as a kid, I was like, "Whoa, this is the best thing ever." 
Um, and this, for like most of my life, I had it memorized. I think I still do, but I decided not to try. Um, <laughs> just fair enough. For, yeah. And yeah, it's just really cute. I will okay, I'll just well, read it and you'll see. Yeah. Okay. And it was written in uh, 1894. Wow. Cool. Okay. The Elf and the Dormouse. Under a toadstool crept a wee elf out of the rain to shelter himself. Under the toadstool, sound asleep, sat a big dormouse all in a heap. Trembled the wee elf, frightened and yet, fearing to fly away lest he get wet. To the next shelter, maybe a mile. Sudden the wee elf smiled a wee smile, tugged till the toadstool toppled in two, holding it over him, gaily he flew. Soon he was safe home, dry as could be. Soon woke the dormouse, good gracious me. Where is my toadstool? loud he lamented. And that is how umbrellas were first invented. Oh, <laughs> isn't it cute? I love it. <laughs> That's so cute. It's so cute, and like, oh, it's definitely you know, it's also I don't know, I guess for children, but I just have always been like, but I love it. It's so nice. I love. I also don't believe that like poems are for children or yeah. Know, like, what does that mean? Even what does it mean? <laughs> I love that so much. Right. That's also just. The idea that that's how umbrellas were invented. Yeah. That's a thing I really enjoy in like storytelling in general when like something magical is given as an explanation yes. for something like corporeal or historical. Like, I love that. That was actually my first, when I like proposed this idea, I was trying to think of more of those. But honestly, there's a million. Like, yeah. That's how so many myths start is that kind of like, I bet it was this, but. Yeah. An attempt to. Um, explain something that maybe we don't understand yes so um i love that yeah um okay i'll do the blackbird of glanmore so yeah it's by seamus heaney he's a very famous irish poet i actually don't know when this was written but I, it's kind of sad because i do if i remember correctly because i studied this poem at some point i think mm-hmm. it was written after his brother passed away which mm-hmm. was really sad but um i love this so <clears throat> it's a little bit longer than yours That's so okay. On the grass when I arrive, filling the stillness with life, but ready to scare off at the very first wrong move. In the ivy when I leave, it's you, blackbird, I love. I park, pause, take heed, breathe, just breathe and sit. And lines I once translated come back. I want a way to the house of death, to my father under the low clay roof. And I think of one gone to him, a little stillness dancer, haunt a son, lost brother, cavorting through the yard, so glad to see me home, my first homesick term over. And think of a neighbour's words, long after the accident, yon bird on the shed roof, up on the ridge for weeks. I said nothing at the time, but I never liked yon bird. The automatic lock clunks shut, the blackbird's panic is short-lived for a second, I've a bird's eye view of myself, a shadow on raked gravel in front of my house of life. Hedge hop, I am absolute for you. Your ready talk back, your each standoffish comeback, your picky, nervy gold beak on the grass when I arrive, in the ivy when I leave. Ooh. So good. It's really good. So good. Just like the image of the blackbird being because that's a that's a thing that I've been reading about lately is um a lot of birds have symbolism of like death or lost souls. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a common seafaring superstition that seagulls. Um, oh yeah, can, yeah. I think I've said this contained like this the 
the lost souls of people who died at sea. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I find that like morbidly beautiful. Um, it's kind of goth and I'm really here for it. So this idea that this blackbird that's lingering is the kind of lingering of his brother is just yeah. like really beautiful. Um, love oh, it. That's really good. I really Such like a good the, book. also just thinking of the, and I think of the neighbor's words that he yeah. never liked the bird and like, yeah, oh, it's really good. So good. So good. Um, what's, um, what was the other one you said? I've the two headed calf. I know, but what was the other one? Um, wild geese. Yes. Tell me, tell yeah. me. Yeah. Birds we, are a big thing, aren't they? Tell me about They them. are. Tell okay. So words. Mary Oliver is fairly famous outside of poetry. You might've like, when I start it, you might have read it. It's one of those. Okay. Um, but okay. So this is Mary Oliver. When did this come out? 1986. Okay. Cool. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clear blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's so beautiful. Right. I love poetry I so much. I love it so much. It's such a... It was so formative in like the way I felt feel about literature and that's so stunning. Yeah. Fact, the, what was it? What's that last line? The family of things? Uh, yeah. Uh, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's so evocative. <laughs> it's so funny because like, I feel like there's a, there's like a trope where it like, I feel like misogyny honestly has kind of made oh, it to where was, like proposing this as an idea. I was like, can we do an episode where we talk about poetry or is that, is that too lame? And it's like, no, no it's not. No, it's beautiful. No, it's, not at all. it's so beautiful. And like, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's important for women voices to reclaim poetry. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> just, just in general. Yeah. I also just like with that poem in particular, I love the, that she chose geese. Right. I feel like geese get a bad rap, don't they? Like whenever they're um, anthropomorphized, they're always like, I mean, again, it's misogyny. Um, <laughs> they're always like, kind of like, quote unquote, like nagging women. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. So the idea that that, that their loud voices are kind of like validation of aliveness. Yeah. Is like really beautiful. Oh, I love that actually. That's really good. That's it. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm not going to read this whole poem. It's quite long. The uh, uh, the other Irish one? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's see. I think it might um, be fun. So it's called translate. Again? It's called The Scholar and His Cat, Pangabarban. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> Pangabarban, Pangabarban, Pangabarban. I'm, oh, I'm going to get flack from all of my <laughs> Irish friends for butchering. I'm going with Pangabarban. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Um, because there's a fadder over the A. So that's what I'm going with. It's called a fadder? Um, yeah. And ac the accent in mm. Irish is called, a, is called a fadder. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I and Pangaban, my cat, 
Tis a like task we are at. Hunting mice is his delight. Hunting words I sit all night. Better far than praise of men, tis to sit with book and pen. Panga bears me no ill will, he too, pile, he too plies his simple skill. Tis a merry task to see at our tasks, how glad are we, when at home we sit and find entertainment to our mind. Oftentimes a mouse will stray in the hero Panga's way. Oftentimes my keen thought set takes a meaning in its net. Gainst the wall he sets his eye, full and fierce and sharp and sly. Gainst the wall of knowledge I, all my little wisdom try. When a mouse starts from its den, oh how glad is Panga then. Oh what gladness do I prove when I solve the doubts I love. So in peace our task we ply, Panga man, my cat and I. In our arts we find our bliss, I have mine and he has his. Practice every day has made Panga perfect in his trade. I get wisdom day and night, turning darkness into light. Ooh. Sick, right? That last one. Yeah, Ooh. I love it. It's so good. It and I, it's a really good it's a really good translation because I mean translating poetry is so difficult because you often you so it's like the Robin Flower, mm-hmm. who is the translator of this poem, has um He's like translated it and then like jiggled it around to keep the rhyme scheme, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I, I'm i not going to try and read it in Irish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. we'll, we'll have Michael come on sometime. <clears throat> and that. Michael's Irish is terrible. Is it? It's, <gasps> yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. So funny. Um, he, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, he ditched, he stopped taking it at school. Yeah. He has friends that speak Irish very well. Okay, we'll um, have them, someone Irish. should record it so that we can play it on the show. Oh, actually, that's such a good idea. Right? I'll ask one of them to do it. Yeah, and I'll, I think that'd be really I'll fun. Get it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'll, I'll send out a call for that. Yeah. <laughs> <You>. <laughs> um, what was I say? This one also is giving like T.S. Eliot's Book of Cat Poems vibes. Oh, so good. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like I feel like I feel like T.S. Eliot read this and was like, I should, I should do a whole book of this. And then yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, I should make this a Broadway musical. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure why, but I think that all these cats should be singing. <laughs> When I, I grew up loving Cats, the musical. Did you? I loved it. We had it on VHS and I watched it constantly. And when I try and imagine like pitching that just as a concept, I cannot fathom being like, it's people dressed as cats singing. Like we have. And there's like no plot or arc really. (laughs) It's just, it's kind of a cat variety show. Yes. It's kind of just like vibes of cat. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's just cats vibing. <laughs> yeah. And everyone, it was the longest running Broadway show for decades. I know. It's wild. It was, um, I think I associate it with whenever we were at school and it would rain, which was obviously often, we'd mm-hmm. all have to like sit in the dining room um, and the cats would be the VHS that they would put on for us. <laughs> so I just, it, I associate it with it like raining, not getting a full playtime and just watching it watch over cats. And over and over. I don't know what sadistic teacher was like, let's put on cats. But I honestly, I cannot hear magical Mr. Mistopheles now without like shuddering. Like, for real. Which is a shame because I'm such a cat lover. I mean, but... and it's honestly one of the best parts of the musical. He gets reunited it is, and it's no, so it's, cute. It is really cute. And the music in it is like weird. Like it's weird, but it's good. Yes. It's just, but I, then uh... again, it's like, then they pitched it as a movie and they were like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have some of the biggest stars of the day yeah. dressed as weirdly sexy 
yeah. anthropomorphic cats. How many people realized they and were, we're going to have them roll around watching that? Like so <laughs> many people had to be like, oh, something's been awakened. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. But also just like imagine being like, right, picture this in a room. Day one rehearsal. We'll have Taylor Swift, Judy Dench, oh Jason Derulo and James oh, Corden crawling around the floor, pretending to be cats, meowing at each other. What do you say? Uh, and they were like, 100% less let's than millions. do it. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about the remake. Um, I so funny. sang. So my mom got remarried when I was in like sixth grade and I sang Memories at her wedding. Oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. It's so not a wedding song. That's a song about death. No, it's not. It is, I was going to say, it's a song about death. Is she still married? Or... No, honestly. Okay, this is, I didn't put this did... together, but that, I accept that did pass away. So. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I don't think it's, that wasn't the cause. I'm just saying, now that I've said that, I was like, oh my God. Was did that I, prophetic? Did I do that? Oh, no. No, you just. It, you, it was prophesized. Like you didn't cause it. You I didn't just, cause it. Your your musical all seeing eye looked at the future. I knew what to sing in that moment, even you if did I didn't know, know why. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that is why that musical has so many layers. It's, you know, I mean the heavy side layer, the um, the the the, the image of Jason Derulo oh crawling around God. on the floor, meowing at Taylor Swift. Because also there's like the butt cut, right? That they originally did that movie where they like when they went in with the CG they had buttholes on the cats and then they were like, take these off. This is crazy. Wait, what do you mean? Sorry, like no. what do in you the say? remake, what are in you the CGI, me? they had added like little cat butts on it. And then when they were watching it, they were like, we cannot. They had to take them all out. Someone added a cat butt to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, that's the funniest thing I've heard uh, all week. Yeah. I would kill to see that cat. That is so funny. Also, because cat butts are so specific. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're very visible. Very visible like, butts. They're just always like winking in your face. Yes. And like, imagine like, that's so funny. <sighs> oh, incredible. Maybe. Oh, Alexis, that's the watch along we do. <gasps> Okay. We watch cats. Yeah, you're right. We figured we, it out. We have we to have watch to. cats. Oh That's, my god! But we have to do it. Well, you can do it high because it's legal for you to do that. I, I of course would never dream no. of doing that. No. Um. Ever. No. Um. But if I were to allegedly and hypothetically, yeah. that would be what I would. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be very funny. To watch cat allegedly I think maybe does. If you allegedly. had any experience of what even that would be like, but it is illegal. Which I don't. I wouldn't even know where to get that. Yeah. Like I'd have no. no. How would I know? I don't know. No. Um, um, do you want to hear my last poem? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, it is Two Headed Calf by mm. Laura Gilpin. And this was written in nineteen seventy seven. Okay. It's very short also. Two-headed calf. Tomorrow, when the farm boys find this freak of nature, they will wrap his body in newspaper and carry him to the museum. But tonight he is alive and in the north field with his mother. It is a perfect summer evening, the moon rising over the orchard, the wind in the grass, and as he stares into the sky, there are twice as many stars as usual. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I know. 
That is just so good. It's oh, I genuinely think I every time I read it, I go, I think that is the perfect poem. Yeah, I don't know how to explain is. it, but it's so short. So I know, ex- and I know exactly what you mean. So hard, like it's just to me like a masterful poem. It is a, it, that is masterful. Yeah. Oh, that is so masterful. Right. It's like yeah, it's so beautiful really and so sad and so, but like captures the stillness of such like a a little perfect moment, and then what will be over yeah, forever. Violence, yeah, as yeah. well. Like the, the the quiet before the yeah the storm. That's really good. Yeah. Wow. Um, got a lot. Of animal poems are quite like sad aren't they they're quite yeah. evocative they really they really animals being used as you know to speak to something really human is a thing that yeah well you one could say it's why we do this podcast <laughs> i almost feel like there's something going on with the connection between animals and humans i i almost think you might be right alexa <laughs> um should i do should i read cage bird yes okay so this is cage bird by Maya angelou <clears throat> A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, and the trade wind soft through the sighing trees, and the fat worms waiting on a dawn-bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams, his shadow shouts out on a nightmare scream, his wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. That's yeah. why she's one of the greats. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why she's one of the greats. The, um, and he names the sky his own, like, gets yeah. me every time. I just... Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's also like, it, you know, technically is about a specific thing, but it's one of those that like, I feel like everyone, there's something in that poem for everyone to, to feel. And I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Oh, Maya. <sighs> yeah. What a queen. Um, Please send in any animal poems that you love. Yeah. Um, We would love to hear them. I will never... um forget the moment that <laughs> uh, a different sadistic teacher uh, made a girl the year above me in a poetry assembly. I've explained what assemblies are. Yes. I? Yeah. So in a poetry assembly, um, a girl the year above had to read the owl and the pussycat, which to like a school of like giggling teenage girls. Having to say over and over again, what is it like? Oh, pussy, my love. Oh, pussy, my dear. What a beautiful pussy you are. You are, you are. Just everyone was like weeping with laughter. And I'm just like, why did you make her do that? You knew what the reaction would be. No one was thinking about the pea green boat. No one was thinking about it. (laughs) 
No. Yeah, honestly, can you imagine the mortification <laughs> of, of that? Um, and all the teachers having to keep a straight face. like Just being like, this isn't funny. This, this is a, a, a famous piece of literature. Why are you all laughing? <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Shout out Helen Manning if you're listening. I remember that moment. <laughs> if you're listening, we're proud of you. Yeah, I still, I still think about you. <laughs> Solidarity. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me? The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Diablo 4. Final Fantasy 16. Street Fighter 6. Baldur's Gate 3. Starfield. Spider-Man 2. Master Detective Archives Raincoat for Nintendo Switch. No, is that just me? (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge time for video games. You need somebody to tell you what's good, what's not so good, and what's amazing. I'm Jason Schreier. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. We're the hosts of Triple Click a video game podcast for anyone who likes games. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Okay, we have a Ready, Pet, Go from Amanda, um, and she sent it in as a voice memo, so we get to listen to it. Ready, Pet, Go. Hello there, comfort creatures. My name is Amanda, and I have a ready pet go for you all. Uh, This story has to deal with my sister's cat. His name is Finn. Uh, We no longer live underneath the same roof, but we did for several years when me and my sister were living with our parents. Uh, And then this has to do with when he was still a very young guy. I forgot his exact age. He was somewhere between like maybe three to... Oh, goodness, like seven to eight months old. He was either a kitten or a teenager. Uh, So that's kind of the important thing. Uh, And at the time, uh, I was commuting to college and I was uh, doing some homework and everything. And Finn just kept on trying to get in the way as kittens try to do because he just wanted to play and all. And I, I don't remember how he was bothering me, but I just remember it was enough for me to want to lock him in the bathroom for a couple of minutes. Uh, essentially just try to get my work done and everything. It wasn't going to take too much longer. So I decided to do that, finish up my homework. Four hours later... I realized that he was still in the bathroom, which was completely my fault at that point. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, shoot, yep, we're going to we're going to get him out. And whatever mess that he made in the bathroom, either by destroying it with claws or uh, through other means, I would clean it up. And I remember when I opened up the bathroom door, you just it, it just smelled. It smelled really bad, which I'm like, yep, 
that's fine. There is no litter box in that particular bathroom, I should also mention. So, uh, you know, whatever mess he did, I will clean it up. Uh, you know, he started rubbing up against my leg and everything, and I opened up the door more, and I found the source of the smell, and it was in the toilet. Uh, Finn had successfully peed and pooped in the toilet. And I know it wasn't any of my other family members because there's no toilet paper. And also my family does indeed flush the toilets after they're done with it. And I remember I did want to take a picture of this, but then I thought to myself, no wait, that's weird. Maybe I shouldn't. So I just ended up flushing it. I believe I was home alone at the time, so I didn't uh, bring anyone to see it, I suppose. But yeah, that is the first and the last time that Finn has ever uh, used the toilet before. Uh, although he apparently has peed in the sink multiple times, according to family members that still live with him. So there's that. But yeah, so uh, he is currently nine years old. So he's, uh, you know, getting, getting to be a little bit of an older man. He's a very sweet boy still and loving lots. But yeah, that is uh, my Ready Pet Go. I hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, I love listening to the show. Uh, you guys are a real treat to listen to every week. So thank you for that, too. All right, we'll see ya. That is so not where I thought that was going. <laughs> that is so not where I thought that was no. going. I... Uh, that cat is like Jinx in Meet the Parents, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right? Yeah. That is amazing. Also, just that he knew, well, there's no little tray. <laughs> I'm not going to make a mess. No. Because what do you take me for? I'll just go in the most obvious place. <laughs> How did he get? I know. I question the angle. Like, that was my first question because I know like people you can litter box train your cat, but it takes or like, sorry, litter box toilet train your cat. But yeah. it's, it's difficult. Like it takes a bunch of I don't know, like they have to like yeah. they have little inserts you put into the toilet to get them used to it. And it's a whole thing. How did he how did he know? How, I, I wish we had video surveillance footage because I just I do. I want to see the, the leg placement it. so badly. Yeah, me too. Finn, you genius. Amanda, thank you so much for that. That was that was so great. So good. I really didn't. I I was fully expecting it to be like open the door and it was like oh, a crime scene. Yeah. But no, instead, oh, Just, we got a highly evolved little guy. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, yeah, so civilized. Yeah, thank you. I loved that. <laughs> um, if you have a ready pet go, including one of your sister's cat using the toilet. Well, that I guess we already had that, but. Someone else has a cat using the toilet that works. Um, email it to us at comfortcreatures at maximumfun.org. Um, you can do a voice memo like Amanda did, or you can just write it out and we'll read it for you. Um, and also, Amanda included some really good photos. Finn is like a very cute orange and white cat that I, I love an orange and white cat. They're so cute. Yeah, we've we've got a photo of Finn ironically trying to get into a bathroom, <laughs> yeah. which we'll definitely share because like that is such a, a funny photo uh I re i'm really enjoying yeah looking at his little squished face <laughs> it's really good story. So um funny. and then other than that mm. follow us on discord join us on instagram um and uh yeah, yeah. the usual stuff the usual stuff i've been alexis b preston i've been ella mcleod
Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.